You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained, of course. Uh, Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I'll be your host for the next hour for episode 190 of the Canadians Connection. Uh, I am pleased to be joined in the studio today by two other gentlemen, uh, and that would be Michael Spinella, who's here with us today. Hello. Welcome, Michael Spinella. Thank you for having me on, Amy. And, of course, uh, my other co-host for today is the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you? Good afternoon. Hope all is well. I'm really happy to have both you, Amy and Michael, um, for this very news-filled uh, podcast. This is, a, this, is a, this is a fun new format. I like it. It is. I like, it is. I like it. I think it's going to be good. We're going to we have a lot to talk about today. As you said, it's a very news filled show. Who said the offseason was boring? Uh, not us. Not us. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. We've got lots to talk about today. We've got some headlines for the Canadians, some roster news, uh, lots to talk about on the Habs prospect report today, uh, as well as some just general hockey news and notes. And then in our second segment, uh, we've got a great big topic for, that the three of us are going to discuss today, and that's. The off-season coping strategies for Habs fans. I mean, you know, yes, the future is is looking a little brighter now that this season is finally in the rearview uh, wind, rearview mirror, um, and lots of excitement about what's going to happen this summer and what's going to happen next season. Uh, but it still is the off-season, you know, while while other teams are playing in the playoffs. So, how do Habs fans cope? What are the ways that you? Uh, maintain your fandom during during the offseason well we're going to examine that we're going to talk about that in depth there's lots of ways for you to do that uh and so we're going to talk about that in the second segment before wrapping things up in segment three where you get to have your say we're going to get you caught up on all of the great content across our rocket sports media platforms uh that you might have missed during the week as well as get you all set for what's coming up this week yes there's actually important things coming up this week that you're not going to want to miss uh and uh get you all set up to enjoy then the rest of your weekend sounds like a busy show it does sound like a busy show so let's uh let's first uh 
crack on here. I should mention before before I start with with our first headlines uh, that this uh, remind everyone in case you're a newer listener that this is an, an interactive podcast. We'd love to hear from fans. Uh, so remember, you can text us at any time for, uh, via our Rocket Sports text line. That's five eight five three Rocket. 5853 Rocket. You can also leave comments uh, when you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Habs Connection. Uh, and of course, be sure to visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, you know, this week we saw the uh, the resurgence of the Habs headlines column at allhabs.net. Uh, always a great uh, great little nugget of information and, and a way to find all the latest Habs news. And there were some, there were two headlines that really uh, kind of stuck out uh, this week that we want to talk about. First and foremost, uh, the Canadians announced their nominee for this year's King Clancy Memorial Trophy Award. Uh, they announced that goaltender Jake Allen uh, is the team's nominee this year. Uh, just a reminder that the award, of course, is presented to the player uh, in the league who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice. And Michael, I'm actually going to start with you. I, I think that uh, this is probably a pretty pretty big honor for Jake Allen and a, and a very apt nomination. Yeah, it's not too often that you see a goaltender um, receive praise for his leadership. I know uh, goalies aren't allowed to wear a C or an A, so it's, uh, it's nice that he was receiving that recognition. Uh, tough season, another season where Carey Price was not around for the majority of it. And to be honest, he was he was steady. He never did anything to be in the headlines for the wrong reasons. He handled himself well. Uh, he was reliable. He was good in front of the media. Uh, I think he's he's the right pick this round. There were a few other guys that I thought uh, could have received the nomination as well, but uh, I'm very happy that it was Jake Allen. Yeah, this award um, kind of focuses on on what these uh, players do in the community. And, and uh, Jake Allen is the Canadians uh, nominee. There's going to be nominees from each team. Um, and of course, off season, Jake Allen, he, he and his wife uh, uh, put together a foundation called program 34 and uh, it supports um, uh, charities in his home province of New Brunswick and so far program 34 mainly through the proceeds of a golf tournament that you're going to start hearing about uh, has raised uh, over four hundred thousand um, dollars for those charities uh, in New Brunswick um, looking around the league other kind of notable names uh, who've been nominated for this award Ryan Getzlaff uh, from Anaheim Max Pacioretty who we know quite well and did a lot for charities in Montreal before he left in Vegas uh, Victor Hedman in Tampa and Ryan O'Reilly in St. Louis uh, so congratulations to to Jake Allen for for getting the nomination for Montreal and good luck we'll uh, we'll have to wait to see who ultimately wins the King Clancy this year but a, a big honor for Jake Allen just to be nominated in that group for sure. Um, the other thing that made headlines really this week was uh, Canadians GM Kent Hughes was in the news uh, did, doing the doing the the media circuit this week uh, in the first week of the postseason for for his new club. Um, and an interesting little nugget came out of one of his interviews. Uh, I believe it was when he was on 919, um, confirming that Sean Burke uh, is still in, with the organization, but he is in, in the organization as a pro scout. Now, Rick, we remember that Sean Burke was brought into the organization because there were, there were talks that they were going to uh, 
they were going to kind of develop a goaltending department and Sean Burke would oversee it. This was this happened right after Stefan Waite was fired. Um, but in Kent Hughes' interview, he seemed a little confused as to what the actual history for Sean Burke has been in the last year or so. <laughs> this was bizarre. What an odd story. Uh, yeah, the, the history of it is that just after uh, Stefan Waite uh, was fired, uh, Mark Bergevin said that they were going to, as you said, uh, develop a, a department of goaltending much the way that they've done in, in other uh, cities, uh, other teams. Uh, uh, Florida is a good example with R- Roberto Luongo. Uh, so that Sean Burke would become part of of that of the Canadians uh, hockey ops leadership team and be the director of goaltending with a goaltending coach uh, with some development people uh, in it. Um, and so that was announced on March 3rd, 2021 by Mark Bergevin. Uh, they, they, they said that, um, that Sean Burke was in Arizona and, and wouldn't be uh, commuting um, or sorry, wouldn't be coming to Montreal, but would be commuting from time to time. And we did see him help out as kind of a consultant in uh, Laval at times. Um, But that he would be charged with the responsibility of of bringing in and um, um, a goaltending coach for the Canadians, Eric Raymond was brought in and, and uh, additional personnel. Um, Before that, uh, Sean Burke had been a pro scout in the Western region that's the history. This week uh, on 91.9, and we, we had uh, uh, our friend Co- uh, Chris G. Uh, transcribe this for us. Um, he was asked by the, ho- the coast, by the host, we haven't heard anything about Sean Burke. Is he still the director of goaltending? And uh, Kent Hughes said um, he never was. That was just a discussion point between Mark and Sean. Um, I can't say much more. I wasn't there. Um, and so the host said, but does he has a, have a role? Yes, he's a pro scout, uh, said Kent Hughes. Uh, there was a discussion about a bigger role, but it, it, it never led to anything more than that. So, um, I mean, you can go to the, the Canadian's website. <laughs> it's and, right there. And, and his profile is there as director of goaltending still <laughs> today, um, Sean Burke. So, unfortunately, someone within the organization didn't, uh, provide him with the information or give him enough of a briefing. And, and uh, uh, he looked a little ill-informed uh, on that issue. It, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. So we, we know that, um, that Sean Burke um, is presently, in, in Kent Hughes's words, uh, back to his original role, which would be considered a demotion. Um, and we also know that Sean Burke was a candidate in, uh, for several teams, uh, for general manager, um, and whether that whether he'll pursue other opportunities uh, over the summer once uh, all the playoffs are over, we we'll see wh- how that plays out. Um, but that's what we know so far. It's uh, it, it really was bizarre, and I think now like someone needs to start asking the questions like, okay, well, are are you is the organization then? bailing on the idea of having a department of goaltending is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what <laughs> this, uh, that response of his just opens up a whole Pandora's box of questions that I'm hoping, hoping uh, will get answered this summer. And maybe we should start going person by person and asking questions well, to yeah. see who else is. <laughs> who else isn't in the role that the Canadians website says is in yeah. their role. 
Um, so lots of uh, those were just two of the biggest uh, headlines for this week. We know that in the off season, news like this is going to happen all the time. So be sure you're uh, bookmarked at allhabs.net. Visit it often. Follow at allhabs on Twitter. Uh, Chris G, of course, has a, a the Habs Notepad article that comes out every Monday that gives you all of the latest news for the Canadians organization from uh, the NHL down through the ECHL. Uh, and then Rick, of course, comes in with Habs headline posts uh, scattered in throughout each weekday uh, as additional news happens throughout the week to keep you on top of what's going on with the Montreal Canadiens. Um it is the off season, but that means there's some roster news as well, um, and uh, lots uh, more. C- very focused on on prospects as seasons for different leagues and different areas uh, come to an end. Then then we start to see things like this happen. Uh, Riley Kidney, forward, 19 year old forward Riley Kidney, uh, was signed this this week to a three year entry level contract uh, that would be 2022 23 through 2024 He's a very exciting young player. Uh, As I said, he's 19 years old. He was seventh in scoring in the QMJHL, playing for Acadie Bathurst. 100 points this season, 30 goals, 70 assists. Um, Rick, I think that's a, it's a, it's pretty great to see him get his ELC inked. As he said, in his words, he tore up the queue. (laughs) And he did. Um, uh, Scoring marble. He also kind of, uh, looked back on his uh, d- development camp, and he didn't get an invitation to to the big training camp, but I expect he will this fall. Uh, he was a little surprised. His eyes were opened at the level of physical play um, uh, last fall. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's uh, a, a just um, a, a real talent. Um, as you said, to a second-round pick uh, last year in the 2021 draft, uh, right now involved in the uh, the Q playoffs, the first round, uh, the the Acadie Bathurst um, Teton, uh, they were are playing the Halifax Mooseheads uh, on Friday. Um, Riley Kidney had two assists in a six five loss. The uh, Teton are down uh, two games to O, so uh, they're going to have to make a comeback in order for uh, Riley Kidney to. Uh, stay in the playoffs, but uh, uh, a real nice moment for him when he got to sit down and sign his three-year entry-level contract. Another prospect uh, who has signed a different kind of contract is goaltending prospect Frederick Decal. He has signed in the SHL with Fralunda for next season. Uh, I think this is a pretty strong signing uh, Fralunda is a very competitive SHL Swedish Hockey League club. Uh, it's where Matthias Norlander has spent the last two seasons. Um, there's a number. There's a number of quality players on that Fralunda team, uh, and so I think this is uh, going to give Frederick Decal some some great uh, men's level, real high competitive experience. Fralunda alums, you mentioned Mat- Matthias Norlander. Uh, we also remember. Arturi Lekkonen uh, was uh, one of their alums. Our good friend Max Freeberg, mm-hmm. uh, former captain of the St. John's Ice Caps, uh, still playing uh, in Fralunda. So this is now Frederick Dekau, uh was a fifth-round pick in 2019 from Denmark. Uh, this past year, he played um, in the Allsvenskan um, uh, league of the uh, in Sweden. That's one uh, tier below the SHL. Uh, he was great. Uh, Two twenty-seven uh, save per- um, goals against and nine thirty save percentage in twenty-eight games. Uh, played well in the playoffs as well, 
And so he bumps up now to the SHL and, and a great program for him to be involved in. Um, and this decision was, was kind of made in January. We, we kind of, it was leaked from his agent, Morton Green, uh, but the free agency period in Europe starts on May 1st. So this is all getting done right now. We sh- I should say that um, he was also part of the Olympic uh, experience, the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, playing for Denmark. Um, 1.03 goals against, 969 save percentage, and lost that the only game that he played in, unfortunately. But certainly not uh, not his fault. Um, so, that, you know, goaltending is a topic uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. There are some goaltenders in the pipeline. Our, our good friend uh, Vinny Riondo has done a great job uh, identifying some prospects, uh, but they're a little ways off just yet. Yeah, six foot five goaltender as well. So he's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. He covers a lot of net. That's right. Use that size to your advantage for sure. <laughs> um, last but not least, as far as uh, some signings happening, uh, defenseman Dmitry Kostenko has signed a two-year contract in the KHL with Spartak Moscow. Uh, of course, KHL, another very competitive league. It's going to look a lot different next year with uh, all of the the exits of certain teams and players and so forth, but but still a competitive uh, league nonetheless for Dmitry Kostenko making that, that contract signing. Again, a move up from the VHL, which would be comparable to the AHL, uh, to Spartak uh, in, in the KHL. All right. Well, uh, that is the roster news as as it happens. Uh, well, we have one little roster oh, roster that's edition. Right. There was a, li- a there little was a roster baby edition. roster edition. Literally a baby roster <laughs> oh, edition. Uh, Yoel and Amelia Armia posting on social media that they welcomed baby Emma into the world on April 29th. That's some pretty good news. That's great news, and we, you know, we we know that uh, Yol Armia left the team uh, with a few games left in the regular season for family reasons. We didn't we didn't know what uh, what was going on there, uh, but this seems like a pretty good family reason to <laughs> to leave the team. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, we see, we see on the Instagram uh, Amelia's Instagram. Uh, there's a, a just an adorable picture of Yule taking the baby out in the baby carrier for uh, a walk. We don't know. Uh, we know that in the household there's a, a two-year-old uh, puppy, um, and uh, his name is Otso, which apparently is bear in Finnish. Um, but uh, we don't know how the puppy is adapting to uh, the, the new addition in the household <laughs> in Pori, Finland. Well, congratulations to the army. Is that's a that's a great. That's a great reason to to have to go home for some family time. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, switch gears here and uh, get to the Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Well, uh, if there was one thing as as the Laval Rocket are, were gearing up for their uh, first ever 
playoff uh, appearance this week. If there's one thing that kind of threw everyone for a loop was the fact that Matthias Norlander stepped off a plane from Sweden uh, after Frölunda was ousted in the semifinals uh, in their playoffs and joined the Laval Rocket this week for practice. He is going to be with the team for however long they remain in the postseason. Uh, the question is, uh, and we got to talk to him on, on uh, I believe, Wednesday, Tuesday. No, Tuesday. Uh, we got to talk to him a bit on Tuesday after his first practice. Um, you know, he seems confident. He seems excited to to be back in North America again. He's looking already looking ahead at the at the at the training camp in the fall um, and says, you know, he feels he's going to be ready pretty quickly, but he knows that it's up to. Jean-Francois Uhl as to when he's going to get into the lineup and so that he he affirms that he'll just be ready if and when he's called on. Um, he hasn't played yet, Rick. Uh, he didn't play, well, I should say they had one game last night uh, in Syracuse. He did not show up in the lineup there and he was on the ice for their optional skate this morning, which kind of li- lends me to believe he's probably not going to be in the lineup tonight either, but uh, it'll be uh, curious to see if and when JF decides to insert him uh, would mean breaking up uh, his his six defensemen that he's pretty comfortable relying on so far. So on Wednesday at the full practice, uh, Norlander was skating as uh, a part of the the backup backup pair, uh, not that group of six that you, that you mentioned, uh, which includes Xavier Willette, uh, Louis Belpedio, Sammy Niku, Tori Dello, Toby Bisson, and and uh, Corey Schooneman, who spent a, a good period of time with the Canadians. Um, now you'll notice in that list that I just read, there are no prospects. Um, there just aren't. Uh, Corey Schooneman m- might uh, join the team uh, next year as, as a seventh or eighth defenseman, um, but there's no prospect defenseman as part of that. Gianni Fairbrother um, injured uh, at this point, and uh, it's, 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 it's interesting that Matthias Norlander, after a good playoff, um, is not going to get that opportunity or has not yet got that opportunity. And uh, when uh, J.F. Wool was asked about it, um, and and he was speaking more generally, um, the quote was, we had 72 games for development. Uh, now it's important to win um, in the playoffs. So, uh, he's making a distinction between, um, you know, uh, the the goals of the team and the goals of the individual prospects and their development plans. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see if Norlander uh, gets his uh, chance to to shine in the lineup. Well, we'll we'll certainly get to it uh, later in the prospect report. But if I know anything from watching that first game, it was a very physical affair. And I'm not sure that J.F. Wool will be willing to put in a smaller defenseman into the lineup at this point. I do think that uh, Norlander could help out this team. Like, obviously, his offensive abilities and his puck-moving skills are really, really good. And I think that Laval's defense sometimes lacks a little bit of that. But uh, based on his size and the style he plays, I'm not sure that he'll get in anytime soon, at least. We will just have to wait to see, I suppose. Uh, I could also mention, uh, since I mentioned that he was on the ice at the optional skate this morning, the other, the other, uh, one of the other guys on the ice for optional skate this morning was one Caden Primo, who did not. Speaking, Rick, of of 
uh, that that JFL is looking for winning as opposed to development now that it's the postseason. Caden Primo did not get the start in the first game, uh, and I, if he was on the, the ice for optional skate this morning, I would think that means he's not starting tonight either. So, we kind of speculated about that, and and Kevin Polan was not um, not the reason that Laval lost game no. one. Uh, so with his experience is likely, uh, JF Wool is likely to come back to him. And then there's always the option once it returns, once the series returns to, uh, Laval and there's that gap, right? There's a, mm-hmm. in between time, uh, if things aren't going the way, um, uh, Ull, uh, had hoped, uh, there's the option to, uh, bring in, uh, Primo, which may start a fire under his team. It could. It'll be, it'll be an interesting catch-22 if that happens, because if they do drop game two with Kevin Poulin in net uh, again and then return to Place Bell for game three and potentially put Caden Primo in, they would be facing elimination in that game as well. So no pressure, right? No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, in addition to Matthias Norlander this week, however, um, we also saw another... Uh, another face, uh, another new face joined the Laval Rocket for practice, and that was Emil Heineman uh, practicing in a non-contact jersey. We remember he was part of the package for Tyler Toffoli, uh, but when he arrived from Sweden, uh, it was uh, made apparent that he had an upper body injury, and so he remained with the Canadians skating on his own um, and, and working with the skills coach and so forth. Uh, so this is the first time that we've seen him, Rick, join the Laval Rocket uh Good to see that he's making some progression, that he's at least participating in practices, albeit with a with a no-contact jersey. It would be difficult for him to get into the lineup um, and, uh, you know, not not having played the North American style uh, and play on, in the system that J.F. Will runs, um, but just good for him to be part of the experience right now. And, and we'll see if they need a bit of a boost injection. He's he's the kind of player, his, his skating is... Uh, uh, is elite, and uh, he might be able to uh, add something that the that the Laval Rocket are missing. That is true. Um, so as we mentioned, they did play their first game for the playoffs uh, on Friday night in Syracuse. This is the North Division semifinals. It is a best of five series, not a best of seven. It's a best of, best of five series. Games one and two back to back Friday, Saturday night in Syracuse. They dropped uh, game one five to three, uh, giving Syracuse the one nothing lead in the series. Uh, as as Michael mentioned, it was a very chippy affair. Uh, it these two teams never like each other in the regular season. Uh, and that just intensifies and magnifies so much more in the postseason. Uh, very physical. Uh, it was a very back and forth game. Laval was in it most of the game. They just couldn't, they couldn't catch Syracuse once and for all. Um, and that, that moment where Danik Martell uh, took a really bad penalty, almost a rookie mistake, and he's a veteran. Yeah. Uh, you know, s- slashing the, the goaltender that, that no, not only gives, uh, and, and there were two power play goals for Syracuse in the uh-huh. game, but not only gave them the, the, the power play, uh, but just, you know, um, it, it's, you don't go after the goaltender like that. No. Certainly gave Syracuse some momentum um, and lit a fire under them. Uh, so down one nothing in the series. Uh, one bright spot I, there, you know, Joel Teasdale had a goal last night. Alex Belzeal had a couple of goals. Um, Sammy Niku with three assists last night, um, and I think that's a that's a significant thing for Sammy Niku. You know, we, we 
he hasn't been back to the Canadians since he was sent down uh, mid-season, so it's good to see him uh, producing and, and making some some contributions as well. Let's not forget that Sammy Niku was AHL Defenseman of the Year uh, not so long ago, uh, and this isn't this wasn't his first uh, AHL playoff game, as it was for many of, mm-hmm. of our Alex Belzeal, uh, the number of games that he's been in in the ACHL and, and AHL, this was his first career AHL playoff game. Yeah, it was. He joked about it uh, in French after the game saying, I'm 30 and this was my first playoff <laughs> game. <laughs> never too late. It's never too late. Um, so they will continue with uh, game two Saturday night tonight in Syracuse. We'll see how the rest of that develops. Uh, be sure to follow along at AHLReport.com and at the AHL Report on Twitter. We'll have full coverage for you for all of the Laval Rocket playoff series. Um, Chris G has also been following the Trois Rivière Lions uh, quite well throughout uh, this season. That's the new ECHL affiliate for the Montreal Canadiens. They made it to the playoffs this year, uh, but found themselves uh, eliminated in the North Division semifinals. The Newfoundland Growlers defeating them four games to three. They went the distance. They went seven games, uh, but, but ultimately Rick could not could not advance any further. This this is a, a victory for Trois-Rivières in their first, their mm-hmm. inaugural season in the ECHL, making it to the playoffs. Interesting in that their opponent was Newfoundland. Both teams, both franchises, op, uh, owned by Dean McDonald. Um, but it was Newfoundland uh, that, that beat Trois-Rivières 5-2 in that uh, Game 7. Uh, in St. John's, and uh, that sets up a, a North Division final uh, between Newfoundland, uh, the Newfoundland Growlers, who are an affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Reading Royals, a uh, the ECHL affiliate of the Philadelphia Flyers. I'll add too that uh, the Growlers were actually up three to one in the series at one point. Mm-hmm. So definitely credit to the Lions mm-hmm. for battling back and bringing this to seven games. And even uh, in Game Seven uh, with the the five two loss, they they tried up until the end. Uh, so full credit to them. I think they played pretty hard. Absolutely, and that's a good point. It wasn't uh, it wasn't an easy seven games. It wasn't a back and forth affair. They were they were facing elimination, and they and they crawled their way clawed their way back back into it. Um, but with the Lions' season now ending, of course, that meant uh, players were available for the Laval Rocket to recall some reinforcements to serve as their black aces during uh, the Calder Cup playoff run. Uh, so they recalled forwards Peter Abandonado, Justin Ducharme. Alexander Fortan and Max Kaufman. Uh, you'll notice there's a name that's missing. Rick was talking a moment ago about how the six defensemen that JFL has been icing, there is not a, a, a true Habs prospect in that list. Uh, and so some people might be saying, but what about Josh Brook? Uh, we mentioned Gian- Gianni Fairbrother is injured. Uh, Josh Brook, if you recall, was sent down to Trois-Rivières a number of weeks ago after he had had some setbacks in his with swelling in his knee after he came back from surgery over the summer. Uh, and so Ull had mentioned that he was sent down to Trois-Rivières just to start getting some better playing time, get his conditioning and continue the rehab on the knee and so forth. Um, he was not called back to Laval uh, Rick for uh, to serve as a black ace, uh, according to Anthony Marcotte, broadcaster uh, at nine one nine for the Laval Rocket. Quote for personal reasons, so we don't know what that means yet. We don't, uh, and it's unfortunate for Josh Brook, who's had a number of ses- uh, setbacks, and we'll just have to see what uh, what is in his future. Uh, I should just say though, you mentioned the black aces. 
um, that the Laval Rocket have made use, have made good use of the ECHL affiliate in mm-hmm. Trois-Rivières all season long, uh, including uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Poulin, um, who spent some time there. Uh, and what a benefit to finally, once again, have an ECHL franchise. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens went without. They shared for a bit, and they went without completely, uh, and that just led to some chaos. So, uh, again, uh, nice to have that ECHL franchise uh, in Trois-Rivières. Yeah, uh, Max Kaufman is the only black ace who actually hasn't played a game with the Rocket this season. Mm-hmm. So they've definitely made use. Uh, uh, Peter Abandonado, uh, one of the guys who are joining the black aces, he played 38 games, put up 20 points. So a lot of these guys are very familiar with the, the system. And I'm sure if injuries come up, they'll be used quite heavily. Absolutely. And I think it's really just uh, it's made it very apparent uh, having that ECHL franchise there again this year how lacking the organization was without a true affiliation in the last couple of seasons and how important that was. Um, also, I w- want to mention something about, uh, you know, so we talk about how Matthias Norlander has joined the team um, after his, after the playoffs in the SHL finished. Um, we've mentioned in, in previous podcasts that uh, another prospect, Canadians prospect Brett Stapley, uh, playing in the NCAA with the Denver Pioneers. Uh, they won the Frozen Four this year, the 2022 NCAA Frozen Four Championship. Um, and so a lot of people had a question mark, you know, when will we see Brett Stapley, that type of thing. Just want to mention that LaPresse's reporting today, and it's the, the information around this report is exceptionally sparse. It basically boils down to just that they're reporting that the Laval that the Canadians uh, extended an invitation to Brett Stapley to join the Laval Rocket for the playoffs, and that he declined the invitation. Uh, so uh, I we don't, don't really know. We don't really know much more than that. It's a little, uh, little vague. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this, and and I don't, I don't like these kinds of stories because um, it, it it casts a it can cast a bad light on the prospect uh, Brett Stapley. 23 years old, spent four seasons uh, with the University of Denver. Uh, He was drafted by the Canadians, a seventh-round pick in 2018. He had a really good season with Denver this past year, 43 points in 41 games. And then, as you said, they had that magical run uh, to winning the NCAA championship. Um, And, uh, yeah, it, it was... It's been there's been all sorts of speculation. What what I'd like to hear, and certainly Kent Hughes was available uh, to everyone this past week. Why didn't someone ask him what about Brett Stapley and uh, did he have an offer to join the Laval Rocket? Um, the the bottom line is the Canadians have his rights until uh, August fifteenth. There's still time to sign him if they want him to uh, join La- uh, Laval next uh, next fall. Uh, there's a, there's still time to trade his rights uh, to someone who 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 is looking at him, um, but we, again, uh, I wish we had a statement from uh, Brett Stapley, his agent, or Kent Hughes on this. I agree. Uh, there's just way it leaves way too much room for speculation, and we saw what happened when that was the situation with Jordan Harris, which is awful. Yeah, and none of it was true. So. <laughs> um, just reporting the reports that we hear, um, but won't take any speculation further than that until we have actual confirmation either from the GM or from the Stapley camp themselves. Um, as far as prospects concerned are concerned, however, it is getting closer and closer to that 
ultimate prospect time, which is the uh, the NHL entry draft, which will be held July 7th and 8th in Montreal. Uh, NHL Central Scouting has published its final rankings now ahead of the draft. Uh, of course, I don't think it comes to anyone's surprise that Kingston Frontenac Center, Shane Wright, is... Uh, the number one ranked uh, skater uh, in their final ranking of North American skaters. Uh, also for, for international skaters, should mention that left winger uh, Uri Slavkovsky of TPS in the Liga is number one among international skaters. And so, Rick, of course, with final rankings out, now all the mock drafts and the speculation can start. <laughs> now it really gets fun, sure. And, um, and we'll have more information uh, this Tuesday when we find out who has the number one pick in the draft. But Shane Wright has, has held that position. There was some question to Mark whether he was kind of losing ground, uh, whether he was, um, you know, maybe less than interested in, in his uh, OHL season with Kingston. But uh, as it came towards the end of the season, he ramped things up and, and uh, finished well. Uh, Logan Cooley in, in the second round spot. Uh, the Winnipeg Ice had a couple of in uh, Matty Savoy and Connor Geeky uh, on that list. Um, and don't forget, let's not forget that the Canadians uh, will have a pick in the 20s uh, thereabouts and uh, in the first round, unless they trade that pick. Uh, and one Jack Hughes, um, he has a connection, played in Northeastern with Jordan Harris. Uh, and of course, the son of Kent Hughes is listed as number 26 on uh, Central Scouting's uh, main list. And uh, don't forget to go over to the international skaters uh, list. There's uh, uh, Slovakia, Finland, uh, well represented uh, there in the top few picks. Yeah, Uri uh, Slavkovsky, uh, sorry, his name's a little difficult. It is. Uh, he's uh, somebody that I think I saw him ranked as low as like 10 at one point earlier this season. So he's risen quite a bit in value. So getting him into like the top three overall, that's pretty impressive. And somebody I think uh, Habs fans should look into. Absolutely. So this is, this is one of the most, um, it's one of the most entertaining and fun parts of the season is just, it's kind of like, it's almost like you're going shopping, right? You know, you're flipping through the catalog and you're turning down the, the the corners on the pages of, oh, I like that person. I like that. Oh, that's a good skater. Oh, that's let's target that guy. So very exciting to see how this is all going to shake out, uh, particularly now that final rankings are in. Uh, so with this and, and anything else uh, related to the prospects, particularly in the AHL with the Laval Rocket, be sure you're uh, bookmarking AHLreport.com and following at the AHL Report on Twitter, where we will keep you posted posted as uh, as we can all summer long. Uh, also listen to and subscribe to our Prospect and Laval related podcast hosted by Rick Stevens and myself every Tuesday called The Press Zone. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. Uh, last week, of course, we welcomed a fellow contributor and as we call him, the AHL guru, Patrick Williams, to the show for his biweekly appearance on our AHL hot stove segment. And Patrick walked us through basically this year's AHL playoff primer. So everything soup to nuts that you want to know about the playoff format, the matchups, the series, how it's all going to shake out. It was a great episode. So be sure to check that out at thepresszone.fm. Subscribe while you are there. And uh, we look forward to having you listen. Um, for now, however, we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection. Uh, no, we're not. 
I'm, not yet. I fib. I completely <laughs> fib. I'm getting ahead of myself. We still have some hockey news snacks, to talk don't about. You? You I want did. Snacks. I'm hungry. <laughs> There's a difference between Amy hungry and Amy hangry, and you don't want to you don't want to toe that line. Um, hockey news. We we have a couple of things for hockey news to talk about. Um, speaking of prospects, and we just mentioned Jordan Harris a moment ago. Sean Farrell and Jordan Harris are going to represent the United States at the IIHF World Hockey Championship in Helsinki. Uh, Cole Caulfield, by the way, mentioning that he declined the invitation, which I thought was rather interesting of Mr. Caulfield to decide to not go. Um it, the 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 roster that was announced by Team USA uh, is as I messaged Rick uh, as, and said to you that's a bit of a motley crew. I mean you've got you've got some exciting prospects there, like Jordan Harris, like Sean Farrell. Uh, you've got guys like Alcheniak who's there. Um, I mean it's it's kind of soup to nuts, kind of a, a con- conglomeration of 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 names, but uh, pretty exciting that uh, the World Championship is is about to start. Remember the name Riley Barber, uh, another yeah. another um, a player who's going to be part of Team USA that was that was part of uh, the Canadians organization one time long ago, as you said with uh, Alex Galchenyuk. But uh, this will be a good experience for Jordan Harris, um, who. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, got into 10 games with the Montreal Canadiens um, after a, a great season in the NCAA, got his very first goal, uh, his first NHL goal, um, and and really good experience. I, I, like you, thought that it would be um, uh, a good experience also for Cole Caulfield. Mm-hmm. He wants to, to take some time off in the summer, but we have a... Um, he's been compared to Cole Caulfield. That's uh, Sean Farrell, who is a scoring machine and was a scoring machine in the USHL, setting all kinds of records before joining the NCAA um, with um, with Harvard last year. Uh, he's a fourth-round pick uh, in the 2020 draft, and uh, he also participated for Team USA in the Winter Olympics, uh, scoring uh, three goals, three assists in four games. So, uh, good experience for uh, those two young uh, players for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, good experience is a good way to put that. I'll be honest here. I think most years Team USA probably has a bit of a better lineup and you might not see both Sean Farrell and Jordan Harris in there, but uh, good experience. I hope they get a lot out of it. Uh, I guess the most notable name on that roster would be Seth Jones. And mm-hmm. like you mentioned too, Montreal the Jones Canadians. Brothers. Yes, both Jones brothers. Yeah. Caleb is there as well. And a superstar, uh, Alex Galchenyuk. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It'll it'll be fun to watch for sure. It's you know I, who isn't going to take some hockey in the summertime? We're here for it. We're you're here for it. Um, also, speaking of announcements, Hockey Canada announced that, uh, of course, we we talked about this uh, in the last segment that, of course, the KHL is going to look a little different uh, next year because of of uh, political reasons and and things that are going on in in that part of the world uh and of course the iihf had stripped them of of their hosting rights for the uh world juniors uh for this coming year so hockey canada has announced that the 2023 world hockey world junior hockey championship will be played in halifax and moncton from boxing day 2022 through January 5th, 2023. Um, that's pretty exciting for uh, the folks out there in the Maritimes uh, and, and in Nova Scotia um, for that to be coming uh, there again for this coming year. And really, that's in addition to, remember, the World Juniors was postponed this year and will be played in August uh, this summer. Um, 
in Canada as well. So that's in Edmonton. And so Canada has the World Juniors two consecutive years within six months of each other, yeah. uh, as you said. Uh, the 2023 tournament was supposed to be in St. Petersburg. That's not going to happen. Uh, but the folks in Halifax and Moncton are pretty excited about that. And we will be excited to watch. That is for sure. Um, now, you know, the, you almost don't even like having to having to to share some some I don't want to say bad news, but the latest in a in what has been just the never ending list of bad headlines for Mike Ribeiro. Uh, came out this week, uh, former Canadians forward Mike Ribeiro facing two counts of sexual assault as reported by the Dallas Morning News. Like it's one he's it's just one of those things you just want you, you don't want him to make headlines anymore because it's never a good thing. Mike Ribeiro, 42 years old, uh, as you said, he he was charged uh, on two counts of sexual assault, arrested on April 28th and then released after posting a $200,000 bond. This isn't the first time. Uh, he was also accused of sexual assault, uh, going back to an incident in 2012, uh, and that particular case was settled out of court. Uh, Mike Ribeiro played uh, 276 games with the Montreal Canadiens and uh, was infamous, infamously traded uh, by Bob Ganey to the Dallas Stars. Many fans thought for, for not a lot of return, uh, but this was a situation, a brilliant trade by, uh, by, uh, Bob Ganey, uh, just getting him, uh, the, the plus to that trade was getting him out of the organization. He was a bit of a cancer in the, the dressing room. Uh, he was jealous of Saku Koivu. Um, he was not a pleasant person and, uh, beyond you know, his post NHL career seems like, um, has, has continued or, or escalated. Uh, not the sto- not the kinds of stories we like to um, report on um, about Canadians alum, but uh, but there it is. Kind of uh, completely shifting gears. If you've listened to uh, our our episode recently of the the press zone, uh, we've talked a lot about how the AHL expanded their playoff format this year, um, and pretty much like 80% of the AHL teams who played in the regular season made it to the postseason, which we've got opinions about that. That's for a different show on a different day. Um, Gary Bettman has been asked, is the NHL interested in expanding playoffs? And um, well, Rick, uh, he says, no. Nope. Um, And, and we've had our differences with, with Gary Bettman. Um, (laughs) I can agree with him here. (laughs) Yeah, fully. Um, And, and yes, I've expressed my opinion about the, the changed format in the AHL for their playoffs, 28th place team making the playoffs, which seem out of a 31 uh, team league seems ludicrous to me. But so this is, and, and it's happening in other sports too. So this was a question put to, uh, Gary Batman and he said, um, you know, he likes uh, he likes the situation the way it is. That uh, the regular season means something, the playoffs mean something. Half of the teams um, uh, get into the playoffs and are eligible for the postseason. Half don't. He likes it. He thinks it's uh, best for the game. Um, and I, it's hard for me to say this, but <laughs> Gary, I agree a hundred percent. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, the bubble uh, play-in round was fun, but that was fun in the bubble. I don't think I need to see it like after that. I'm already a little bit frustrated that uh, the NBA has decided to keep that format. I, I don't like it. It's just prolonging the playoffs more than it has to be. I mean, 
let's be honest, around June when we get to the Stanley Cup final, like most people, if their team's not in it, they don't pay as close attention. So mm-hmm. I agree. And I'm I'm really not a fan of, of the expanded format in the AHL either. Uh, as it mentions, as it happens, Rick, that 28th place team that you mentioned who made the playoffs, well, they got swept in their best of three series. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, every play-in round so far for the AHL best of three series have all been sweeps, uh, two games and they're out. So say what you will about that. Um, finally, looking to next year, uh, was announced that the NHL salary cap is going to bump up to $82.5 million for next season. It's the first rise in the cap uh, since the 2019-20 season. But hey, not for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, it's um, a salary cap is something that Kent Hughes – was asked a lot up on his uh, his little media tour this past week mm-hmm. um, that he has some work to do there. And, and he talked again about, uh, as he tried at the trade deadline to trade trade away uh, Shea Weber's contract um, to get somebody to take that on to free up some, uh, some space. Uh, and also uh, he talked about uh, Jeff Petrie and, and to trade that big number. He's got a, a fair bit to, of work to do there. Um, there was supposed to be some relief in that, as you said, uh, the cap limit is going up for the first time uh, in a couple of years uh, by a million dollars to 82.5. But, 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 but. Uh, because the Canadians are up against the cap, because they use so much of the the LTIR space, that their bonus, uh, the bonuses that they uh, have given to players, and their their um, their achievement bonuses. Uh, Nick Suzuki got five hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars for reaching targets in goals, assists, and points. Caulfield got $300,000 as a bonus for goals and time on ice. Alexander Romanov got $212,000 for time on ice. Jordan Harris got an extra $82,000 for the number of games played. Um, So all of those bonuses are uh, treated as overages, and those eat into next year's cap. Uh, So the Canadians' cap, rather than being $82.5 million, which is uh, what is set by the league for next year, rather than being 81.5, which was the, the, the maximum this year, is a little less than that. It's 81.368 next year because of these bonus or overages. Yeah, 14 teams are exceeding the cap after these bonuses. Vancouver's number one, Montreal's number two. So, so have fun with that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's always, you know, it's always something. Um Cap at one end of the extreme or the other, cap always has has been a regular cap issues or or dealing with cap has been a has been a common talking point for the Canadians for the last number of years. Um, apparently, is going to be the same way next year as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so now for real, we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians <laughs> Connection podcast. Uh, still to come, uh, we've got the big topic coming up next where we're going to give you all of your off-season coping strategies as Habs fans on how you're going to get through the summer months uh, with while still you know holding on to your fandom. Uh, we've got our question of the week that we'd love for you to, to drop an answer and a comment to, uh, and that is, uh, are you going to be cheering for a different team during the Stanley Cup playoffs? Um, so lots to think about, lots to talk about. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we want you back for the second segment. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Amy Johnson. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Uh, with me in the studio is Michael Spinella. You can find him at The Spinella on Twitter. And of course, also with me is our president and founder at Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at all Habs. In addition, why not, while you're there and, and, and doing all of the following on social media platforms, follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Bookmark and visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, while you're there, and even right now while you're listening to this show, if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, we're going to be here with you all summer long. Every Saturday, we're not going anywhere. Uh, We've got lots of news to bring you every every week, lots of things to discuss as the Canadians offseason progresses. So be sure you subscribe and tell your friends. Uh, in this segment, we are going to hit our big topic, which is the offseason coping strategies for the Habs. You know, yes, the regular season is over. I think most of us are saying, thank goodness, uh, <laughs> because it was an ugly 2021-2022 regular season. No, no NHL playoffs for this organization. Um, so that leaves a lot of Canadians fans while at the same time that you might be feeling some relief that such a dismal and disappointing and upsetting season is over at the same time, uh, there's, it kind of leaves an empty space of, well, now what it's, it's a long time till we start the hashtag. Is it October yet? Um, and so how do you get through the summer months? Well, there's actually a lot of ways to do that. And here at rocket sports media, we're here to help you with that. Um, and first and foremost, really, the I think the most fun and um, engaging way to stay connected and really get excited about what's coming is to connect with fellow Habs fans and talk about what's going on currently with the organization. Uh, think back to fond memories, whether it's this year or five years ago or 25 years ago uh, in the organization. Uh, lots of things to talk about and, and speculate and, and kind of mock up about the rebuild of, of the organization. And so how do you do that? How do you, how do you really connect with other fans and, and start talking to one another and sharing ideas and bouncing things off of one another? Well, one of the ways that you can do that, Rick, is, is our, our All Habs Facebook page, which is just like brimming <laughs> with conversation 
all the time, uh, particularly even this last week. For sure. Um, as you said, uh, reach out to us uh, and react to our, con- our, our content, whether that's on Twitter, at AllHabs, on Instagram, at AllHabs, or on Facebook, at AllHabs, or Facebook.com slash AllHabs. And as you said, on, on Facebook, on, on, uh, on Twitter, we have 65,000 followers. On um, Facebook, uh, we're getting close to 51,000. Um, uh, but, but that's the, the folks who have liked the page. And make sure you like it too. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the reach, the interactions, the responses go far beyond that. Uh, and as, uh, as I said um on the uh, on the press zone, I believe uh, that it's now into the well. I can look right here: one point three two million over the last month. Um, it's um, because we're we're getting interactions from Habs fans, um, but also uh, when we talk about uh, an event like the funeral of Guy Lafleur, uh, there's across the NHL from many fan bases. Um, fans wanted to uh, talk about their memories or deliver their condolences. Um, it was it was quite a, an event for the the season to end and for then to for Habs fans and the team to be thrown into uh, a state funeral for Guy Lafleur. Um, it was beautifully done. Both the um, you know it started with the um, the little memorial, uh, the game against Boston. And then the lying in state at the Bell Center and so many fans uh, visited um, and paid their respects. And then uh, the, the, the state funeral um, on Tuesday. And, and uh, it, it was really well done. Um, so many teammates of, of Guy Lafleur were there who spoke. Um, Larry Robinson was, um, Larry Robinson has always had a, a terrific sense of humor uh, but but he was um, he was terrific in his eulogy. Patrick Waugh spoke about um, dreaming uh, to be Ken Dryden so that he could be on the same team as uh, Guy Lafleur, and then getting the opportunity to face um, uh, Guy Lafleur and uh, and promptly gave up a couple of goals. Um, and uh, you know it it went to Jeanette Renault, who we haven't seen for a while, but looked and sounded great, was very powerful with uh, singing uh, one of Guy's favorite songs. Uh, the clergy of, of the church going out to the masses behind uh, barricades on the street and, and the priest delivering communion to them. It was, it was just a well-done event. And, um, and these are, this is one of the things that Habs fans, were, Habs fans and I said other NHL fans were talking about this week in detail, giving their comments on our facebook.com slash allhabs uh, official Facebook page. Well, and that's really the fun the fun part of it. I mean, the All Habs Facebook page is, is active 365 days a year. I mm-hmm. mean, whether it's people wanting to to share memories, if it's people wanting to argue with each other and, and engage in some friendly debate about things, if, you know, voicing their frustrations at things, getting excited about things together. It's it's really fun to watch uh, the fans all interact with each other in one place. And so we invite you to do that, of course, at Facebook.com slash All Habs. But, Michael, we have with with our with our new Habs Hockey Report um 
offering over at the All Habs YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash All Habs. Uh, you've actually been been pretty active in getting in on, on our interactive segments uh, on that platform as well, where uh, our, our, our audience on YouTube also gets involved uh, answering questions of the week or, or asking questions that they submitted the mailbag. Um, so it seems like it's there's really it's it's so nice that there's multiple ways for fans to all get together and either talk with Rocket Sports contributors back and forth or more importantly, kind of like talk amongst yourselves kind of thing. Yes, the comment section for Habs Hockey Report is the best way to interact with Amy Johnson <laughs> and uh, other Habs fans, of course. Uh, I like leaving mailbag questions for things that you know I just think about throughout the week. Yeah. Uh, tuning in, it's a great way to get like your midweek updates. I know Amy's also done awesome interviews with uh, Laval Rocket players like Yessa Ulin and Nate Schnarr. Um, the other one was uh, Lucas Vedemo. Uh, so you... Definitely want to leave some comments, ask some uh, questions for the mailbag. There's also a weekly question, kind of ties in uh, to what Rick was saying with uh, Guy Lafleur. I know Amy was asking to hear all about everybody's memories of Guy Lafleur. I think you could still go back and do that, and Mm -hmm. she'll uh, read those memories on uh, the next video she makes. So I definitely encourage people to get involved, and uh, Amy also does an awesome job of uh, responding to every single comment, so you'll never be left out. <laughs> Try to do that for sure. But it seems, uh, you know, Michael, just just to kind of to, to wrap up that thought, you know, it's a, it's a particularly in the offseason when there's not games necessarily to have happen. It just seems whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, whether it's on Twitter, uh, it's it's just a, it's a way for Habs fans to f- still feel connected to one another and connected to the organization um, when they all can just chat and and check in with one another and, and share ideas and so forth. It just seems like a really fun way uh, to kind of fill the gap until until uh, the season starts again. Exactly. I know a lot of other uh, media outlets do, uh, I guess, step away from hockey a little bit in the summer, but uh, all halves will be there the whole way through. Uh, We'll keep pumping out some nice content. And uh, obviously, we want to interact with our listeners as much as possible. So. Absolutely. Uh, now, of course, there is still hockey going on. The NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs are happening. Um, and and it's always, I mean, playoff hockey is completely different than regular season hockey, no matter what league you're in. Uh, it's just so much more intense. It's so much more entertaining. Um, it's so much more unpredictable. And so it's fun to watch, um, particularly when you get to watch a number of former Canadians players who have since either been traded or or signed in free agency in off season with another team and are com- currently competing for a Stanley Cup and there's Rick there is a there's a boatload of them I mean like there's there's a lot of guys um, currently competing for a Stanley Cup who used to wear the CH I know I for one am solidly uh, rooting for Arturi Lekkinen in Colorado absolutely Arturi Lekkinen. Um, maybe a little underappreciated while he was in Montreal. And uh, when he arrived in Colorado, he, um, I guess, with, uh, with Ranton being, being out of the lineup, there he was, first, uh, f- first trio and, uh, and playing with Nathan McKinnon. 
um, and was also on on the first power play unit. Um, he he's been uh, everything that that Colorado wants, and of course is has always been a playoff performer. Um, and, and, and that guy who can get the clutch goal, um, during the regular season, getting a game winner. And we remember, uh, last year during the playoffs, he's, uh, his goal, his overtime goal against Vegas sent the Montreal Canadiens into the Stanley cup final. Um, in addition to Arturi Lekanen, there's, uh, Brett Kulak traded to Edmonton, Tyler Toffoli in that big deal in Calgary, uh, Corey Perry, uh, with the Tampa Bay lightning, uh, Alexander Radulov, remember him in Dallas, uh, Phil uh, Dano in Los Angeles, um, Ben Chirot in Florida, uh, and don't forget about Lars Eller, um, mm-hmm. Lars Eller, who, again, another underappreciated guy when he was in Montreal, went to Washington, won a Stanley Cup, played a key role uh, in, in their Stanley Cup run. Um, how about Jesperi Kotkaniemi, uh, snatched away from the Canadians in Carolina. Chris Kreider, I mention him because he should have <laughs> he been should. a Montreal Canadian. Um, and what about, um, now maybe, maybe someone, uh, players that you forgot, like John Merrill and Jordy Ben. Um, it, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, of players, uh, who, you know, um, you're not you're not doing anything wrong by by cheering against uh, the, you're not cheering against the Canadians. You're 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 temporarily adopting another team for the the playoffs, or in some cases, just adopting a player to cheer for. That's right. Well, so so Michael, I have to ask you whether whether it's a team that has a former Canadians player on it or not. Is is there a team that you're following particularly in in the playoffs and maybe kind of quietly rooting for? Yeah, there's two teams that I'm following for two very different reasons. I'm going to say cheer for the Hurricanes. Um, yes, despite everything that went on with uh, Kokinyemi, I'm looking at that first-round draft pick that Montreal took from the Hurricanes <laughs> and then traded to Arizona. And I want that to be, like, the worst possible first-round <laughs> draft pick that, that possible. You know, uh, 32nd, if that can happen, I'm into it. You know, give <laughs> I, I want the Hurricanes to win the Cup, and uh, I want Arizona to not have a very good draft pick. And the second one is I'm cheering against Calgary. I want a first-round exit from them. Because of the first-round pick we got in the Toffoli trade, I want that to be as high as possible. Ah. So that's, so that's what I'm going for. cheering. Very strategic for the draft and uh, a little bit of spite. <laughs> Schadenfreude, isn't that what that's called in, in German? Something like that. So, <laughs> Celebrating, yeah, go ahead. So, so by, by supporting other teams in the playoffs, you're truly still supporting the Canadians. Yeah, it's a little bit of a roundabout way, but uh, yes. <laughs> That's all right. We like it. We like it. Um, well, in addition, as we've mentioned, you can still, of course, be cheering on the Canadians' prospects and their AHL team as the Laval Rocket are well on their way for their bid for the Calder Cup. Uh, they're in the midst of their first round series with the Syracuse Crunch. We've mentioned that that's already underway and full coverage we have uh, with the AHL Report team over at AHLReport.com. Um, it's a great way to keep an eye on the Habs' prospects who are playing um, and you know, Rick, I mean, it's, it's, these are, it's, we've, for years and years and years and years that we've been covering the AHL affiliate for the Canadians, um, our, our listeners, our readers, our followers have always appreciated that when these guys eventually, the ones that do get lucky enough and fortunate enough to earn their way up to the NHL, um, they're not suddenly going, well, who's this guy? 
Uh, it's a great way to just get yourself introduced to the prospects, become uh, acquainted with their style of play uh, and who they are and what they do well before they ever wear uh, the CH. Uh, and so Rick, it's a great, it's a great way to not only just still be able to, to cheer for the Canadians organization, even though the, the Habs aren't in the playoffs. Um, but it's a great way to, to learn about the prospects as well. Well, absolutely. Because, you know, in the early days and, and you'd, you'd, you'd see the, the mainstream, uh, outlets and when uh, a player would be making their debut with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they would they would read um, you know rather in, in a boring way um, this player had this many goals this many assists in the AHL or uh, in the junior leagues wherever they came from and we thought well there's there's a whole lot more that's happened between for their 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 career mm-hmm. um, um, that uh, that makes up the person and uh, we want our uh, community, our ho- our all Habs hockey community, to really know these players before they get into the lineup. Uh, that's why we devote so many uh, resources to the AHL report, uh, to having such a a, a, a big team uh, covering the AHL and covering prospects, and uh, and and our our community seems to appreciate that. And and Michael, you've you've gotten kind of a taste of live AHL action yourself recently, uh, going and and representing Rocket Sports in the press box as well for a couple of Laval Rocket games uh, there at the end of the regular season. Uh, you can certainly attest to what I mean. Even though even though those even though those were regular season games, they were like a playoff atmosphere. Uh, and you can attest to, to just how competitive and exciting AHL hockey can be. Yeah, I think you've both uh, mentioned this before on the podcast, but uh, AHL is very underrated in terms of its competitiveness. I think people often forget that it's only really one step down from the NHL. So you get a lot of really good hockey when you're watching that. And of course, in uh, Laval, it's still a lot of those Montreal Canadiens fans, and they make uh, they make the game exciting. That crowd is very high energy. They're loud. They like to cheer. They like to boo. So it's very <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun to see that. And uh, sitting from the press box, even though I'm disconnected from the crowd and I'm not there to cheer, you're not allowed to cheer in the press box. Uh, That's right. <laughs> it's still it's still quite the experience to be there. So I definitely recommend checking out uh, Laval Rocket playoff games. It's very physical as well. I think it's a little bit more physical than NHL hockey, and mm-hmm. uh, people would be very surprised. Yeah, any of the uh, the old school hockey fans that that don't want to necessarily see uh, fighting leave the NHL, start watching more AHL hockey because <laughs> it's it's plenty physical down in the American Hockey League. Um, you know, we mentioned that, that by watching the Laval rocket, you get to keep an eye on Habs prospects, but really focusing on prospects in general, that's what the off season is all about. And that's really a, a, a gigantic way that you can cope with it being the off season. And that's by getting excited about the future Montreal Canadians, um, start learning about the draft eligible prospects, uh, of, you know, yes, we hear if the Habs go first overall, uh, will they be taking Shane Wright? We we hear about that. But there's also plenty of other picks and plenty of other rounds, lots of prospects to learn about. It's fun to kind of uh, start to mock up who you would like to see the Canadians go after and target uh, in, in each round. Um, of course, we find out for sure on Tuesday, that's when the NHL draft lottery takes place, we'll find out for sure what 
place. The Canadians will make their selection in the first round. Um, since they finished the season in 32nd place in the basement at the bottom of the league, uh, they have an 18.5% chance of winning the draft lottery. But Rick, it doesn't, that's not necessarily where their chances end in terms of getting to select first overall, correct? Fascinating on, uh, we're speaking about the All Habs Facebook page. There's quite a discussion and some disputes about what that percentage was uh, for the Canadians to win the draft lottery. Official percentage is 18.5% uh, chance of winning uh, the lottery. Um, now, some people threw around a 25% figure. Uh, that's not correct in terms of winning the draft lottery. However, uh, because uh, teams can only move up 10 spots, there are some teams, there's 16 teams that will take part in the draft lottery. There are some teams, uh, 12 through 16, who can't win, uh, who, who can't move up to the number one pick. They can win the draft lottery, can't get the number one pick. So practically, uh, those, those ones at the bottom of the, the list, they make up about 7%. Um, and so practically, this boosts the Canadians' chances of picking first overall to 25%. However, they have an 18.5% chance of winning the draft lottery. Winning the draft lottery, picking number one. Two different, two different <laughs> categories, two different numbers. And that is today's math lesson from our resident <laughs> math expert, Rick Stevens. Um, Michael, it's an exciting, you know, sure, the draft lottery is simply literally a guy showing up and, and saying, okay, here's the order that, that it's been determined by random draw of, of what teams are going to uh, select in the first round. But for fans, it really does it, I, th I kind of view it as the official start of the offseason when you officially know what order teams are going to select for the draft. Then you can start the mock drafts. Then you can start speculating who's going to trade up or trade down uh, and, and, and strategize that way. I think it just, it just builds a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz, and it's another great way for it, – it's just one more thing for fans to focus on in the offseason to get them excited. Absolutely. I, for one, go on Tankathon pretty much every day now, and uh, <laughs> I do not quit hitting the sim button until I see Montreal at the top. Sometimes it takes a few tries. Uh, and as we know, that directly impacts the real results. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited for the draft lottery. Uh, there's been a lot of drama in previous years uh, over like what's happened. Uh, I guess the most recent one that uh, caused a lot of drama was uh, the New York Rangers, Rangers getting yeah. the first overall Um I remember, yeah, that was a bubble year, and they had to do two separate draft lotteries. The first one was just the an unknown NHL team wins the draft lottery and picks mm -hmm. number one, and then we had to do a second one, which was ultimately the New York Rangers, who I, I think they were kind of close to making the playoffs. They did play in the play round, so that was a lot of controversy there. And the ball this acted peculiar, very peculiar, um, and so there was all kinds of slowed down video and and uh oh that was yep. the canadians ball that, was you know. it rigged <laughs> yeah oh, yeah goodness. the toronto maple leafs ball bounced in and then back out yeah. <laughs> all sorts of funny stuff with that uh but no i, I do like watching the draft lottery uh it, it's kind of a weird setup the way they have it but uh i think fans everywhere are gonna tune in and uh, there'll be a lot of anticipation and drama leading up 
And like Amy said too, uh, people will start putting out all their mock drafts. Uh, we know who's going to go number one, uh, Shane Wright. That's no question. But I think two and three, that's going to be an interesting one uh, between uh, Slavkovsky and uh, Logan Cooley. There'll be a lot of debate over that. Uh, we'll see what happens too. It's uh, Obviously, the draft lottery hasn't happened quite yet, so there's not much I can really speculate on there. So if we haven't said, draft lottery happens Tuesday. This Tuesday, uh, May the 10th, the draft itself, the NHL entry draft in Montreal happens Thursday and Friday, July uh, 7th and 8th. Absolutely. And uh, that's, you know, those are just two of the things that will be on the list of what promises to be a very busy off season, uh, not just for the NHL in general, but specifically for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, you know, so, yes, we've got the draft lottery. Then we've got the draft. We've got free agency. Um, you know, so there's RFAs, there's UFAs, there's trades that can take place in the offseason. Um, Rick, there's a lot to be packed into uh, into the the time between this season ending and next season's training camps getting under the, underway. Um, and the great thing is uh, we're going to be with fans all summer long to bring all of them all of that information on all of our platforms, on the website, on both the podcasts, on YouTube, on Facebook, on, you know, we're there everywhere. <laughs> For sure. Um, and I know you want some time off in the summer, but you can take us with you. Uh, listen to um, um, uh, the podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast will be weekly throughout the summer. Listen to us when you're hiking, when you're on the beach, uh, wherever you might be. Uh, if you only have time to check in uh, occasionally, check in to allhabs.net for either the Habs Note uh, pad or uh, Habs headlines. And it's those are capsules of information uh, that you need to know so you don't arrive uh, in, in September. And say, when, when did that happen? <laughs> um, and there's lots of things that uh, are aren't settled yet. What's going to happen with Carey Price? We know that mm. this week that... Um, he was uh, he was seeking out another opinion about his knee. Um, Kent Hughes said that they can't really move forward with their plans until they find out the result of that. We should find out in the next week or so. Um, there was other, you know, uh, back in February, I guess it was, that Pierre Lebrun reported that uh, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be they're going to make a splash in free agency. They're, this isn't going to be the typical rebuild uh, that they're going to go out and get a big star or two uh, to accelerate this uh, this rebuild. Um, and all of a sudden there was speculation. Oh, who what does that mean? Chris Letang, uh, Patrice Brisebois. Well, um, Ken Hughes kind of tamped that down this past week and said, uh, no, they're, they're not going to be uh, really in the market for a five-star uh, type of free agent. And that, that relates to their cap space. And the kind of free agent is going to be determined by if they're able to move money, uh, whether it's Shea Weber's contract, whether it's Jeff Petrie, whether it's some of the other we've talked about before, some bad contracts uh, that uh, um, Kent Hughes has to deal with. So those are all, all stories that we're going to be uh, interested in. Um, there's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot. So you're going to want to stick around. I'll volunteer Jonathan Durant's contract. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, lots of ways. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to cope in the off season. There's a lot to focus on just because, 
uh, hockey games for the Montreal Canadiens aren't taking place does not mean that there is uh, a lack of things to get excited about and get involved with as a fan. Remember, we want to hear from you all summer long. We love to hear your comments. We love to get your text. We love to get your emails. We love to get your mentions. Uh, drop us comments. We want to hear from you. Um, and we we certainly love when you all talk with each other as well. So uh, it's going to be a fun summer, I think. I, I, I think, you know, last summer was so short uh, because of how late the playoffs went and the Canadians went all the way to the final. And so there was literally maybe three and a half weeks to take a short breath before training camp started again. Uh, And it was kind of all chaotic. I think this year is going to be a very exciting offseason. It's going to have a much more of a a normal feel to it in terms of the timeline. And there's just so much potential for the Canadians and what could happen this summer. So it's very exciting. We'll bring you with it, uh, bring you along with us the whole way. Um, and, uh, looking forward to it. So we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians connection podcast. Um, don't forget our question of the week. Uh, will you be cheering for another team during the Stanley Cup playoffs? You heard uh, you heard all of our responses for that. We'd like to hear from you as well. And uh, in the next segment, we're just going to get you caught up uh, on some other content you might have missed this past week, as well as get you set for what's coming this coming week. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag showyourhabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And 
And welcome back once again to episode 190 of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Of course, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, in case you have uh, ever have something to say, you can text us 24-7 on our Rocket Sports text line. That's 585-3-ROCKET. Uh, it's a great way to submit your your comments, your questions, your, you know, you name it. We love to hear from you. Uh, and, and many times, uh, Rick will read some of your, uh, your comments right here on the show. So, so be sure to reach out. Ask us what we talk about during the break. Yes, <laughs> always. Yeah. Food, usually. Food, usually. <laughs> um, in this segment uh, is where we usually uh, let you have your say. Of course, uh, we want to remind you that the question of the week is, is we want to know if you're going to be cheering for another team uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, you heard whether or not the three of us are going to do that and three very different reasons why we're going to do that. So we want to we hear what your answer is to that and what your reason is, because we heard that it's not just necessarily because you want to watch a specific team win. If you're Michael Spinella, you're looking for specific teams to lose. So maybe you're maybe you're following the same philosophy. We we want to know. Um, I'd like the listeners to confirm that I am right. Well, there you <laughs> go. <right. laughs> Michael does not want to be alone in this uh, in this strategy. So please let him know if you've got his back. Um, and uh, while you're at it. There may be, you know, since it is the first, a lot of times the first week after after the season ends, people kind of take that week as a, okay, I need to step away from from hockey for, for a few days uh, just because it's been such a roller coaster. So you might have missed some great content that we had out on all of our platforms this week. Uh, first should mention on allhabs.net, of course, there was uh, Chris G's terrific weekly Habs notepad that came out on Monday as well as some Habs headlines articles. Uh, You don't want to miss that. Look for those, uh, both of those things every week. Also over on our YouTube page, I'll remind you again, that's youtube.com slash allhabs. This past week, the episode of Habs Hockey Report that came out uh, was all about the the NHL uh, draft lottery and also gearing you up for Laval's playoff run. In fact, uh, was able to... uh, bring you some video and comments from Matthias Norlander uh, from our interview uh, from the press scrum with him uh, earlier this week. You don't want to miss that. Be sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash allhabs. And uh, last but not least, of course, our Rocket Sports Radio podcast. We mentioned that earlier this week uh, was the the press own podcast with Patrick Williams and Rick Stevens and myself, uh, the AHL playoff primer. Uh, Be sure that you go to thepresszone.fm Check out that if you missed that episode and also subscribe to that while you're there. And and gentlemen, I guess I should also say for all of those things, whether it's AHLReport.com, AllHabs.net, uh, YouTube.com slash AllHabs, uh, the Press Zone, the Canadians Connection, the Facebook page. The one thing that really uh, the fans can consider their homework assignment uh, each and every week in the summer is just to share all of those sites or content um, and it's it's the best way to help um, other fans to to learn that hey there there's a there's a place to go for for this kind of information all summer that didn't uh, you know just dry up because it was the off season. We we really are grateful to uh, our uh, community, uh, our listeners, our readers. Uh, those there's some of some of you that have been with us since 2009 thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're very loyal. And uh, there may be other Canadians fans who are looking for 
um, content that are looking for, you know, maybe their favorite site um, has disappeared for the summer. So um, feel free to, to share uh, our content um, um, and, and get them to subscribe to, to the podcast, to our podcasts uh, and to our website or uh, suggest that they follow on Twitter or on Facebook. And, and listen, we, you know, our, our fans are, are terrific. Our all Habs community is terrific. Our rocket sports community is, is terrific. Um, it, it just reminds me that, um, something that, that Kent Hughes said, uh, during this past week and that, uh, both he and, and Jeff Gordon, they, they've heard, they've heard all of the, um, you know, the Canadians fans are best in the world, but, but they got to experience it first, firsthand. And, uh, Kent Hughes said, you know, we didn't, we know who Carey Price is, but we didn't really understand uh, what Carey Price really means to the franchise until we we experienced the reception that he received at his first game back in, in the Bell Centre. Uh, and that was an important lesson for us. Another important lesson uh, was the way that fans react as after a dismal season, a terrible season. The Canadians finished last and set all kinds of dubious records throughout the season. And Kent Hughes said that both he and Jeff Gordon uh, the ovation that uh, they got a standing ovation to end the 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 season, um, and he said that there was a little anecdote he told. He said that they did their exit meetings with all the players and uh, did an exit meeting with David Savard and said, uh, "David, you know what was it like these last two seasons? You've left the ice at the end um, of the last two seasons with a standing ovation. One season you won the cup with with Tampa." The other season, you finished in the basement. You finished last in the NHL, yet you got two standing ovations. What was that like? And, and they had a real good discussion about who Canadians fans are and how loyal they are. It's, uh, it, it really is. We say that Habs fans are the best fans in hockey, and Habs fans are everywhere. They're all over the world. Um, yes, there's a, a large contingent of them in Quebec, of course. Uh, but they really can be found all over the world, and we're just so glad that uh, we have such a large community here at Rocket Sports uh, of fans, and we love we love connecting with all of you. So let's remind everyone uh, what's coming up this week. Tuesday is the NHL Draft Lottery. Um, Michael, Rick, get your get your snacks um, planned out. It's like you know that's popcorn viewing night. You know it's for sure. Pull up a chair and get ready for for all of the excitement. And, and you have till then to to do that tankathon a few more times. That's of right. Of course, I, I'm going full on nachos for that one, though, Amy. That's that's going to be a good. Oh, night of now see, now he's talking my language. Nachos, nachos is yes. If I yes, just bring the nachos. Bring all of the nachos. I'm right there with you on that one. I like it. Um, so NHL draft lottery on Tuesday night, and then. Um, the very next day on Wednesday, the 11th, uh, we mentioned the IIHF World Championship uh, Tournament is about to get started. Well, U.S. plays uh, Canada, U.S. versus Canada pre-tournament game on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I think I'll be tuning in for that. First look, Sean Farrell, Jordan Harris. Uh, I know RDS has it. I'm, 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 uh, we'll get the information out on social media uh, where you can find the game. Absolutely. And of course... Uh, 
I believe in one form or another, all three of us will be back here again next Saturday for the Canadians next uh, Canadians Connection episode next Saturday, May 14th. Uh, and so I know everyone is looking forward to that. Uh, I'm sure that we are going to have a, a bunch more news to talk about. Know that for sure. We're definitely going to talk about the results of the draft lottery uh, and so much more. So uh, I want to thank both of you. Uh, it was a great, uh, I really enjoyed having all three of us here today. Michael, thanks for being here with us. Oh, thank you guys for having me on again. And Rick, thank you for all of your work putting everything together. Thanks for guiding us through this. And uh, thank you for listening. We're so glad you're here. We can't wait to bring you great shows all summer long. Thanks for listening to the Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. And uh, we'll see you here next Saturday for another great episode of the Canadians Connection. On Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.